Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Everybody and welcome to episode number 107 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And for those people who have been complaining lately that our show is getting very ham centric, guess what? This one's going to be mostly about Linux. So yay, yay, which is probably less interesting to you, my co-host Pete up in Canada, who is. I think we should avoid the whole, how are you, Pete? How are you, Russ? Blah, blah, blah. I've heard negative comments about that as well lately. You know, see, this is what happens when I go stand around a thousand people who come up to my booth at an event and tell me all the things they don't like about stuff. Well, that's called constructive criticism. Uh, I I did not realize that. How are you, Russ? I thought people people cared. But uh, no, that's cool. Um, I have no problems with that. I think that every podcast starts off that way and therefore they get tired of it. I think that's what the real issue is. I can understand that. Well, we'll come up with something original for y'all for y'all. Now I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good idea for you to be saying y'all. I actually say y'all all the time because I'm from Canada and it's just so uncharacteristic that people look at me funny. They look at me funny normally, but they look at me funnier. Well, I'm looking at you funny now, even though you can't tell. (laughs) So, all right. Well, um, anyway, do you have anything you want to bring up, like any real short topics before we dive into all this stuff we have written down? I can't, I'm getting, you and I are getting very prolific here as we go along. Yeah, well, you know, great minds uh, bounce off each other and think alike, I guess. Uh, uh, No, what was the first comment you made? You made a comment as you introduced me. And it just went right over. I forgot, and I was going to respond to it. Do you recall? No, that was like 40 seconds ago. I have no idea what I was talking about. (laughs) Don't worry about it. We'll just erase this part. (laughs) Okay. Uh, No, no, we definitely leave it in. It's probably the best, probably going to be the best 17 seconds of the whole show. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, I guess I should start with the first thing, which is that we're going to do a contest. Yay! Yeah. Um, we, we have done contests in the past. I had a contest for doing our show logo back before we had one. I remember that. Yeah, that, that didn't go terribly well. I'm hoping this one goes considerably better, but basically what I want to do is there was a huge amount of response at Hamvention about the raspberry Pi. Lots of people came by the booth saying, Hey, I've just bought a raspberry Pi and I'm going to play with my raspberry Pi and do you know what a raspberry Pi is and what do you run on a raspberry Pi? And you know, 
the raspberry Pi is all well and good, but as we learned a couple of shows ago, when we talked to George and Nick, there's something better. And that something better is the Beagle Bone Black, which is part of the BeagleBoard project, uh, which you can find over at BeagleBoard.org. But basically, this is a much more powerful single-board computer than the Raspberry Pi. The price point is very competitive with the Raspberry Pi. It's going to be selling for about $45. And I thought, rather than do what everybody else is doing, which is jump on the Raspberry Pi bandwagon, we should go ahead and give away a BeagleBone Black. What do you think? Because we are trailblazers. That's right. We blaze trails, or trailblazes, <laughs> with gasoline. <laughs> that, that's in Texas. <clears throat> Up here, we use uh, alcohol. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Excellent. So anyway, we're going to give away a BeagleBone Black, and the way this works is... There's two ways you can enter this contest. The first is to be a subscriber to the show. Remember way back when, when we told you that if you ever subscribe to the show, you would get in on some cool stuff that we would do from time to time. Well, this is one of those things. So that means if you're already a subscriber of the program at the $2 or $20 level, then you are already entered to win a beagle bone. You need to do absolutely nothing. Now, the two ways that you can enter if you're not already a subscriber are thus. One, become a subscriber. Well, that's easy. And to do that, you just go to the website, lhspodcast.info. Click on uh, the become a subscriber or become a member link, as it were, and uh, become a member. And if you're still a member when we do the drawing, which will be on June 18th, then you could be a winner. Why would they not be a member? Would, do we kick people off? We kick people off if they stop paying. I mean, if you stop paying, then oh, you're... I see. If your if your membership lapses, I it's, it just sounded like you know if people become members now, but by the time the contest ends, they're not members anymore. I guess that could happen. It could happen if they decide to let it lapse or cancel their subscription or you know whatever. So I just wanted to make it clear that you have to be a member on June eighteenth in order to be entered. Now, if you don't want to pay to enter. There's another way you can do it, and that way is to call our voice line, which is 1-909-547-7469, and leave a voicemail, which completes this thought. I deserve a BeagleBone Black because blank. Now, we want people to be as crazy and stupid or serious and down-to-earth as they want to be about this, but that's what you do. Just make sure you let us know who you are. So that if we get one of these messages and you happen to be the one selected as the winner, then we know how to get your Beagle Bone Black to you. So, you know, just indicate who you are and everything. And if we get any really good responses to this, then we will play them on the air. And I, I think uh, we'll probably get some creative submissions for this way of entry, I think. Uh, at least I'm hoping so. So do we know, not to put you on the spot, but do we know how... The chosen one, how, how we're going to choose from the people who submit without being a member? Well, everybody's going to be chosen at random. It's not like we're, okay. it's not like I'm going to pick somebody subjectively. I'm just going to write everybody down and put them in a random number list and then use a random number generator and that will determine the winner. And okay. uh, we're going to do that live on the June 18th show, which is uh, show number 109. So we will announce the winner then, which means. You have to get your entry in, which is either a membership subscription, 
or your voicemail by 10 p.m. Central Time on June 16th, which is a Sunday, so that I can compile all the information and get it ready for the show so we can do the drawing on the 18th. I think that's all the information I need to say about that. You can, of course, email if you have any questions, but I, I think I got everything down that I needed. Sounds complete to me. And, and yes, em- employees yeah. of the show, like i.e. you and me, uh, cannot participate in this in this contest. So, But we're not real employees because we're not getting paid, so well, we true. should be able to. <clears throat> I know, but we'll, we won't be that cheap. We won't give it to ourselves. Won't we? No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding, of course. No. I, I personally, I wouldn't even know what to do with one right now, but uh, they are cool gadgets, and, and I've heard a lot of uh, interesting projects with the uh, Raspberry Pi and this being like, uh, you know, 10 times better. I can imagine the cool projects that one could do with one, so I'm sure it will be a very desirable item. Yeah, I think so, too. I think I think this will work out well, so... Make sure to uh, call us, 1-909-547-7469, and say why you deserve a Beagle Bone Black or become a member of the show before the 16th of June, and you could win a Beagle Bone. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yay. We're done talking about the contest. Okay, so <laughs> no, now. That's a cool contest. That's awesome. I'm sure we'll have lots of takers for this one. I, I sure hope so. That's, that's the point. So uh, let's go way off topic and talk about music. Yeah, well, it's not off topic because we do feature music on this podcast. And uh, I found out today, and, and this was just, you know, a, a random uh, random news for the day, but Ray Manzarek died. Ray Manzarek, the founding member of The Doors, uh, died at the age of 74 uh, yesterday in uh, at his home in Germany. Uh, say he was surrounded by his family and he died of uh, bile duct cancer, which is, uh, as we were saying before, another type of cancer that I'd never heard of. Uh, but uh, I'm a huge fan of The Doors, even though they're not Creative Commons. Uh, you know, they've sold more than 100 million records worldwide. So uh, I got this from CTV News, which is the uh, Canadian Television uh, News Network, or sorry, the uh, Canadian Television Network. Uh, and uh, I just thought I would mention it because a lot of the demographics of the people who are uh, ham radio uh, people are about our age, so they would have grown up with this. I thought it was just worth a mention. No, I think it definitely is. It took me a long time to get into the doors back in the 80s, you know, not long after they became super famous. I really didn't like the doors. I mean, the the Jim Morrison and the sort of keyboard-fronted dynamic of the doors really didn't excite me. It wasn't until much later that I really appreciated them as musicians. But I got to say, I am uh, very saddened that uh, Ray Manzarek has passed away because... Uh, they have been touring actually as the doors, um, you know, Sands Morrison, of course, uh, up until very recently, uh, they've been keeping the music alive and Menzarek was still part of that project. So it's a, it's a sad day in music history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I saw Robbie Krieger years ago, he toured, uh, in Montreal and, uh, that was uh, pretty exciting for us. I, you know, I kind of grew up with their music. My parents listened to it, and uh, and I listened to it, of course. So um, yeah, it's a it's a, a pioneer of music uh, leaves, and uh, us uh, music fans mourn. Yes, we do. But from sad news to well, we we had some discussion about this before the show, but it's exciting to me, and I'm curious to know if it's exciting to anyone else. And I hope we get feedback one way or the other on this. But I was truly flabbergasted this morning. Uh, I believe it was this morning when I found out. It might have been late last night to find out that 
there is a you know a reasonably famous listener of Linux and Hamshack, and that listener is Adam Curry. Adam Curry started out his career as uh, one of the original MTV VJs back in the day. And See, I didn't know that. I missed that when we were talking about it before. Not not that I get MTV up here, but I know what it is. Right. And uh, he was one of the original VJs, and then he basically became what's known as the pod father. He was the first person to really popularize the format of podcasting, and he's been doing it ever since. And to to be aware that Adam Curry is a listener of this show is just, to me, amazing. Now, we have kind of an in with Adam in that he is actually a ham radio operator. His call signs KF5SLN, Kilo Fox 5, Sierra Lima, November. So, you know, there's a, there's a reason, I guess, for him to listen to this program. The other thing is the program that he does, the No Agenda podcast, he does with John C. Dvorak, who is a longtime techie guy. Uh, used to spend a lot of his time and still does spend some of his time with uh, Leo Laporte. So, really? yeah. What's the uh, podcast about? You know, I've, I'm, I'm, I was going to say I'm going to write it down, but it's in the earth about it. I don't have to, but I'm going to make sure I listen. Yeah, the New Agenda podcast is uh, literally about nothing. It's, it's sort of about everything. It's, uh, it's about tech. It's about life. It's about politics. It's basically just John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry talking about stuff that they're interested in. And they have a very loose format and they just talk about the stuff they want to talk about. And, uh, it usually runs a good two and a half to three hours. So it, it takes oh, some time excellent. to listen to if you want to listen to it, but, uh, it is worth the listen if you want to check it out. Yeah, I'm going to. That's perfect because I, my commutes are three hours a day. I commute an hour and a half each way. So that's, I always look for long podcasts. You know, you know, everybody says, oh, you got to make your podcast short. The average commute is, you know, 20, 30 minutes, whatever, an hour. Uh, but I, I like long podcasts. So I, and there's not that many of them. Yeah. So if you want to check out his show, you can find it at noagendashow.com. Uh, and Adam Curry's personal website is at curry.com, C-U-R-R-Y, like the spice. So I've got to say, if uh, he continues to listen, this is a shout-out. Thanks, Adam. Uh, it is so cool that you listen to the show. I can't even freaking believe it. We even got feedback from him coming up later. So Excellent. Yeah, welcome, Adam. I think that's great. We're going to check out. I'm going to check out your podcast for sure. Yeah, it's excellent. It's, I don't know. I'm still floored by it. still amazes me. So anyway that's that's that excellent excellent so uh the last thing well no i guess you have one more thing but sort of the last important thing i guess unless i uh, am <laughs> yeah because my stuff isn't important that's well okay. i don't know unless i'm underselling what the thing <laughs> is next gonna but... weep while you reminisce <laughs> yeah, okay <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh don't cry too hard i'll, I'll feel bad yeah I'll, i'm gonna mute myself and then i'll forget to unmute so last weekend I went to the Dayton Hamvention, which we've Yay. been talking about forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And guess what? We're going to talk about it some more. I think uh, that's cool. I'm so, so glad you got to go. I've been meaning to email you to find out how it all was. And then, you know, the show happened and now I'm going to hear about it live. So that's even better. It was a really, it was excellent this year, not because the show was like bigger and better than in years past, because it was actually smaller and not really better than in years past. But I think there were a couple of things that were positive, positive about it. One is that if you were trying to take your exams at Hamvention this year, 
you didn't have to wait in three hour long lines because there just weren't that many people. So it turned out really good for those people who were doing testing. Uh, so you're saying there was less people taking their exams this year. There were just less people overall, uh, considerably less, I would say on the order of 10,000 less. Wow. Is this a, a political statement on the economical state of the U S or, uh, is this just bad weather? No, the weather was actually pretty decent. So I don't think it was that at all. I'm not, I'm not sure why the foot traffic was so low, but it was, but That's huge 10,000 people. It is. I I assume they're going to artificially inflate the attendance when they actually report on it, but uh, you could tell as a vendor how how few how many fewer people there were walking around. Last year it was shoulder to shoulder. This year there were large gaps in the crowd. However, for our booth, we showed no sign of loss of interest. In fact, I think we had more interest this year than we did in all three of the previous years. Good. So for that, Sorry, I missed it. Yeah. It would have been fun. And if you had been there, I might've actually been able to get out of the booth and go somewhere, but you know, next time. Yeah. Next time for sure. No, I, uh, I think that's great. I mean, that's a good reflection on the show. It's good that uh, we're offering a quality product that people want to hear. I'm flattered and, well, and Richard should be too, you know? Yeah. And there were lots of positive comments about you, Pete, which was great. Lots of people said they liked the new host. Uh, I don't think any of them actually could remember what your name was, but they apparently like you all the same. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's all right. So that was good. Uh, My name some... is Pete. Yes. Pete. <laughs> Papa, Echo, Tango, Echo, Pete. <laughs> da, 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 dit. It'll dit. come. It'll come. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I don't remember their names either. So don't feel bad guys that's and gals. True. We try though. We try. Yeah. So, uh, I met lots of people who listened to the show and lots of people who didn't and hopefully will. So that was, that was really the important part was getting the new people, but talking to those who are actually listeners of the show is really cool too. And I actually met Leif KC8RWR. Uh, he actually came to the booth a couple of times and talked to me some, and he's one of our most prolific commenters, you know, via the email and via the website and everything. So it was really fun to, to talk to him and sort of put a face to that name. And, uh, that of course happened with several of the listeners and, uh, no one really had any complaints about the show. So good. Yeah. Very good. And I'm kind of going off my notes here. So, or going away from my notes. So let me see if I can get back to my notes. Oh, wait, away from the notes is still stuff that you did. So it's interesting. Carry on. So, uh, let's see. Oh yeah. Uh, donations were up like huge this time. I mean, we got donations in order for me to be at the show and purchase, you know, our booth space. But by the time I actually left the show, I had enough in donations from people who visited the booth in order to cover everything else, hotel, food, gas, everything. It was pretty unbelievable. And that is like way up from last year. So maybe there weren't as many people, but apparently the people who showed up had more money in their pockets. I, I do want to send a shout out to whoever it is who keeps putting the massive donation in our donation bucket. I never see who it is because what they apparently do is they wrap a very large bill in a very small bill and sneak it in when I'm not watching. So I don't Ooh, find it until later. Excellent. And it happened. We've been there four years. It's happened every year and it happened again this year. Yeah, that's cool. Good. Yep. So I start pulling out, you know, a couple of ones and a few more ones and then a five and all of a sudden there's a hundred pops out and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, thank you very much. That's excellent. 
I know it's unbelievable. And I, I wish we could, uh, you know, tell everybody who you are and what a great person you are, but obviously you prefer to remain and not remain anonymous and we will leave it that way. I, I have most respect for that. I mean, I think that's, that's great. And in and, and today's world, you know, everything is show and flesh. And, uh, I think that's uh, very commendable. It is. And even the people who bother to donate a dollar, you know, we're indebted to you as well. Absolutely. Yep. It doesn't have to be a big donation, just anything at all to show that, you know, you enjoy what we do and that you think it's worth something uh, means the world to me. And I'm pretty sure it means the world to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to help you go off the show notes here. Did uh, you get your hamburger and your adult beverage? I did not. Uh, whoever those folks were who said they were going to buy me a burger and an adult beverage, they didn't, unless they were one of the people who donated and didn't bother to say, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll think positive and we'll say that's the way it happened. uh, Yeah. So I guess I did. I got my burger and I got my adult beverage. So there you go. So, uh, while we were there, you know, we did an interview before the show with Nick and George from Sierra radio systems and pignology. I met those guys up at Hamvention. We had a good chat, and it was excellent. I visited their booth as well. Their product was uh, pretty amazing, and they decided while they were there that they should donate again, so they did. And I was like, you know, these guys keep giving me money, and I'm flattered that they keep giving me money, but you know what? I'm tired of you guys giving us money. So I went up to his booth. I hope you didn't tell him that. (laughs) No, I didn't tell him that. But what I did was I took listening. (laughs) Take it back. No, I gave it back to him, and here's the way I did it. Um, I didn't say give it back. I said take it back. Oh, you talking to them or are you talking to me? No, you. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. This has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> no, it's gone awry. <laughs> no, so what I did was I took their donation, the one they gave me at the show, and I went up to their booth and I bought one of their products. Oh, cool. With the money they gave me, and then I gave it away. So um, At the show, you gave it away at Hamvention? Yeah, I did. Ah, excellent. I didn't know you did that. Yep. I'm learning all kinds of stuff tonight. So we had a raffle. Um, I had a, a day and a half. I gave it away at 3.15 in the afternoon on Saturday. Uh, I had probably 20 or 25 people actually come back to the booth hoping they were going to win. And it turns out that the guy who won, his name was Bob, and 8 oce was one of the very last people to throw his ticket in. He was there, you know, like three minutes before the drawing, threw his ticket in with like four or five other people. And I stood there and I shook that damn box for, you know, a good minute before I drew out the ticket and he was the one at one and he was standing right there and, and took his pignology piglet home with him. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. He must've been wearing a huge happy face. He was. So, uh, congratulations to Bob and thanks for participating in our raffle along with, uh, the hundred or so other people who also participated in the raffle and sorry, not everyone could win a pignology piglet, but. Uh, at least somebody did, and I, I hope they really enjoy that. It should be a lot of fun to play with. I think I'm actually down to the bottom of my list on what happened in Hamvention. Basically, it was just me sitting in the booth, talking to everybody who came by. Lots of people came by. New listeners, old listeners, non-listeners, uh, people interested in Linux. Of course, everybody had more or less an interest in ham radio since it was Hamvention. What are you going to do? Uh, I had a great time. I look forward to possibly doing it again next year. Did you see any uh, fellow podcasters? Did you see, um, I don't know, uh, Richard and, and his son, uh, you know, people of that nature? No, I didn't see Rich and I didn't see Brady, but I did see Joel from the Linux Link Tech Show. He came by and we talked for quite a while, probably about a half an hour. Uh, he was going around doing interviews with everybody up there. 
that was the only other podcaster that I recall. Meaning I, there's a couple, there's like ham nation and HQA radio who do live broadcasts from Hamvention. Right. So I saw them, you know, doing their thing. They, uh, they didn't ask you to come as a, as a guest. No, they did not. No. I, I, I clearly don't rate so <laughs> uh, we got to work up to it with something to look forward to but you know what i don't care because adam curry listens to this show so they That's can true. all suck it <laughs> <laughs> there you go i just noticed that you'd given away a lot of linux mint cds uh ham os which is uh richard's baby and and some debbie and so i just thought maybe rich was around no, he wasn't there, but I decided to give away some of his things. I actually tried it myself and thought, you know, it might be a good for a novice user to check out. Uh, yeah, as, I want to. Absolutely. As, as an, uh, you know, sort of a novice option. And, uh, you know, I gave it out to quite a few people. I probably gave away 25 CDs just of his distro. Uh, I'm curious to see what people think of it. Hopefully they'll uh, write us back and tell us. All right. Well, shout out to uh, Rich and Brady, of course, who are the uh, hosts of the Low SWR podcast. So check them out. They're they're very uh, very sporadic in the releases of their podcast. They're every couple of months, but uh, it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah, that's right. They're they're very they're very like E Layer Skip over there at Low SWR. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. All right. So you got one more thing before we break for some music. So what is this about the Badger? Yeah, well, I mean, I've I've been a member of this uh, podcast now for a number of weeks, and uh, uh, as as an ode to Richard, you know, I, I liked Richard. He made me laugh, and I've noticed, uh, like I said, you know, I like to listen to myself, uh, and I've noticed that it's been a lot tamer lately. So I, I just wanted the mother badger badger to come back because I miss hearing the mother badger badger. badger. So that's all I badger. wanted to say. <laughs> well, shoot, I couldn't get you while you were live, but I'll obviously have to get you later. Now, what is your wife going to say when you use that language? Uh, she's not listening. And she, I, I swear like a trooper. Um, you know, I, I tone it down when I'm around the kids, although when, you know, one kind of lets loose every once in a while. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't say that I, uh, I'm unknown to the subject. Well, we probably need to hear a little bit of Richard. So let me see. I've got, I've got 18. No, let's see. Yeah, I've got 18 sound clips here. So pick a number from 1 through 18, and we'll hear some Richard uh seven seven let's see that would be this one cranberry sauce yeah there's good old <laughs> <laughs> it's random yeah. <laughs> well richard was kind of like that so indeed indeed shall and, we uh, shall we do yeah, one more i wish he was around i think we could the, the three of us would uh, would have a I wish he'd come back for a guest spot or or even kick me off but leave me on for one show so we could have a we could have a threesome. <laughs> a threesome, yeah. <laughs> a threesome podcast, let me clarify. Yes. Well, this is one of my favorites, so I'm going to do this one, and then you can intro the music since it's your baby here. You don't have to be mentally deficient to do this job, but it sure helps. Yeah, <laughs> the classics never die. Yeah, they sure don't. So anyway, yes, we all we all miss Richard. Some of the, the folks who stopped by the booth, they expressed that they miss Richard as well, and we hope Richard is doing well. We really do. Maybe we'll see him sometime again. So Indeed. Come back, Richard. All right. Well, we have an interview after the break. It seems to be a trend we've got going here. So uh, segment two, is, we're going to talk about some Linuxy type stuff. And uh, 
Yeah, that's what I wanted to say before, and thanks to Harrison for reminding me. But you said it might not be as interesting to me because it's more Linuxy, and and yeah, I'm more of a ham radio guy, of course. Uh, but uh, I'm learning a lot about Linux, so uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to me. I am very much a novice, of course, but uh, I'm interested. Well, good because this this gentleman is going to get a hell of a fine grilling from me. So, why don't you talk about some music, and then uh, we'll do some grilling. Some <laughs> grilling is good. Yeah, indeed. I I found this group quite by accident. Um, KCK and the Rain Dogs. I was looking for some Canadian content. Being a a good Canadian, I want to you know feature some of our local artists. And I was looking for some Canadian content and came across this band quite by accident on Jamendo. Uh, KCK and the Rain Dogs from Austin, Texas, in North America. You can't get a whole lot further from Canada than that. But a great band. The uh, track is uh, Tramp and and I thought this was uh, just fabulous so we hope you enjoy
I love that, Ben. That's pretty uh, funky there. They'll be uh, playing, uh, if you're in Austin, Texas this Saturday, they'll be playing at the Upper Deck. Uh, check them out. Not, not that I have any idea where the Upper Deck in Austin is, but I'm sure somebody's close to that. Yeah, probably. And a very bouncy kind of rockabilly song. I like it. I actually was fairly impressed. And I, I think I found my second song based on your song, trying to stay fairly in theme. But right now, we've got to get a guest on. So let me go ahead and see if I can. Yay. Yeah, yeah, I know. That means we have to talk less. Yay. No, that's cool. I love talking to people. People are interesting. All right. Let's see how this works. Did something happen? I don't know what he's trying to do. Uh, I'm trying to get our guest on. That's what I'm trying to do. Well, why wasn't he on already? Um, because I figured this wouldn't be such a freaking hassle. That's why. Oh, excuse me. I didn't think just, this would uh, be such a, oh, damn it. I said. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he uh, could just text his answers and we'll read them. Oh, no, that's no fun. No fun at all. No, what I know. I'm just kidding. What happened there? All right, let me try this. Oh, what happened? I'm still here. Oh, I see something. Oh. Paradigm complex. Hello. Howdy. Oh, he's here. Yay. All right. Let me let me hear your audio. Make sure you're up with the rest of us. Uh, testing one, two, three. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Excellent. Sounds good enough. Anyway. Good All enough. right. Good enough. <laughs> it sounds good enough. That's right. Because I'm a perfectionist. I'm also a badger. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, uh, badger. Perfectionist. <laughs> That's Excellent. right. I know it's a good combination, isn't it? Uh, uh, but we but we digress. So, welcome. Yes, um, we have with here. us tonight um, because Pete doesn't even know. Well, he sort of does because it's in the Etherpad. But we have with us tonight a gentleman named Daniel Thau, and I found out about Daniel at Hamvention because a couple of his little. Uh, disciples from the Ohio area decided to wander by the booth and tell us about a project they were working on called Bedrock Linux. And when I asked one of his disciples if he wanted to be uh, on an interview with us, he said, no, you need to talk to Daniel. He's the lead developer. And so I did. And so Daniel is now on the show. So welcome, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am excellent, and you don't know my name, but I'm Russ, and over there yeah, is... Yeah, the other guy's Pete. Yeah, the other guy's Pete. Hey, somebody knows I did my me. homework. Hey. <laughs> All right, good. Well, hopefully you did your homework on the product you pr- produce, because we have some questions for you. At least I do. Sure. Ask away. <laughs> well, let's get to some personal stuff first. Okay. Are you Not gay? personal. No. Oh, sorry. Sorry, that was the wrong question. The first question is, where are you out of? I mean, uh, what part of this country or the world uh, do you hail from? I'm currently in Dayton, Ohio, although uh, for most of the year, I'm in Columbus at The Ohio State University. All right. So you're from the Ohio area. Okay. So is the yes. whole Bedrock project sort of uh, centered in Ohio or, or at OSU, basically? Uh, no. We've got people from all over. Uh, I think Australia, Italy. I think a guy from Chile had a bug report. Uh, little bits and pieces from everywhere. All right. Cool. Um, your audio is a little messed up, but I'm, I'm going to just going to blame Skype and hope that it irons itself out. Yeah, so it's the same for me. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll cope though. We've, we've had worse. All right. <laughs> so basically, uh, these guys came by and said, we're doing bedrock Linux. And I said, what's that? And they kind of told me what it was. And I was like, okay, that sounds interesting, but here's my concerns. And I talked to him about five minutes about my concerns. And then I decided to install it today. And now I have about an hour's worth of concerns. So before we get, before we get into that, why don't you go ahead and tell me what bedrock Linux is supposed to be? And then I'll tell you what I think. All right. So the the idea is, uh, after distro hopping quite heavily, I found there was no one distro that had everything I wanted. 
Um, most of the features that I wanted, you could get simply from packages from repositories. Uh, things like, like user-friendly installation wasn't really a big issue for me. And so I looked for a way that I could just install multiple packages without them conflicting. And that's, that's fundamentally what Bedrock tries to do, is, is be a, a sort of metadata distro that lets you install any package from any other distribution. Okay, so that's, that's the entirety of what makes it special, or is there something else about it other than that? That's, that's really the main idea. Uh, if you're referring to something else, I'm not sure what you're looking for. No, no, I was asking you, like, you know, maybe yeah. there was something I didn't understand, but okay, so. No, that's the goal. All right, so now, was this your goal when you decided to start the project, or did you, hi- did you sign on for somebody else's project? Originally, this was just me by myself, and a lot of the people uh, were curious about it as uh, problems arose, and they just didn't affect me because I could just get a package from somewhere else. Uh, and so I ended up uh, making it public and, and getting a lot of support from other people. Okay, let me start with uh, where I started from. I, okay. I looked at the I looked at the Bedrock Linux website because obviously that's where all the information is and sort of the installation <laughs> instructions and and so on and so forth. And I will say that the documentation is very well written. It's easy to get through and easy to kind of see like how to get, you know, step A, step B, step C yes. and, and get the installation started. And I did that and I actually got fairly far with it. One thing you warn against right up front is that like if you're a total noob at this stuff, you don't really want to touch this. And I would have to agree with that. You really want to be a sort of uh, mid-grade or fairly experienced Linux, Linux user to even yeah. touch this thing. And the fact of the matter is, if you if you want to do the thing that Bedrock Linux gives you, uh, the ability to control uh, packages from multiple different kinds of distributions, that's something you'd probably be pretty advanced to want to even do in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to keep talking about what we talked about before at Hamvention because you weren't there, but what's where, where are you now in the, you know, in the development of this, and where do you hope to get to ultimately? That, that's probably a good opening question for this. Um, right now, we're trying to work out all the kinks. There are some corner cases where the current uh, theory for how it's supposed to work aren't, aren't working. Namely, um, there's what's called the Etsy issue, which is pretty well known in the Bedrock community. So the, the main goal right now is to fix that and, and other uh, problems. Later, once we have everything working to the point where I'm, I'm not going to keep getting complaints about the same issue, uh, uh, the focus will go on things like an installer and polish. Okay, so ultimately this will be an installable distribution because right now it's not. It's a lot like Arch or Gen 2 where you actually sign, you know, you have to kind of put things together in order to make it work. As a matter of fact, you actually have to have a working distribution of some kind in order to even do the install. Yes. Um, mostly the installation is just getting the minimum amount of work necessary. Uh, and then all the development effort is going elsewhere. Eventually, once all the important bits that are necessary for it to work are taken care of, we'll, we'll adjust and make it more user-friendly, although I don't think we'll ever get uh, anything comparable to things like Linux Mint. So you have to compile it? Is that what you guys are saying? You have to compile yes. it before you, and then you... Oh, it's even more than that. You have to... more than that. Oh, God. You have to compile right now uh, every single part, as well as you have, you have a lot of choice. So it's not just copying and pasting instructions. You have to make decisions at that part where I was pretty open-ended about where you can go. And if you don't really understand the repercussions, you can shoot yourself in the foot. Okay. It's not, it's not pretty right now, installation. I, I fully admit that. No, that's cool. I mean, how long have you been at this? Originally, I, I didn't have an end goal. I was just working on my own system. And eventually, I found that absolutely none of the original files of the distro I started with were still on that distro. 
So I figured I should probably just give it a name. Uh, and at that point, a lot of people were asking me for about what I was doing and how could they get into it. Um, I think the, the first alpha, where I, I really feel that uh, the project was no longer a script on, on top of anything else, was, uh, I think, about a year and a half ago. Okay, so that's pretty new. Yes. Yeah, and it's uh, it's still an alpha stage right now. The current version is 1.0 alpha 3, and you're working on 1.0 alpha 4 right now. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it's clearly a project in its infancy, uh, and even though you are working on it and you have multiple developers working on it, it's still uh, a long way from being ready for prime time. So... Uh- yeah, we, we don't have much development time for it. Most of the people who uh, are working on it have a lot of their higher priorities. Like I know some people who uh, just graduated college and I've not heard back from them. I'm assuming they're working for a job. Whenever that's settled, they'll, they'll probably return back. All right, so let me, let me jump back a little bit and ask you a simple question. Why Bedrock okay. Linux? Sure. So Bedrock itself doesn't do much of anything. It's, it's really the base on which you build the rest of the system from components from other distros. So once something reflecting like foundation, um, there is a Linux foundation. So foundation Linux would be way too confusing. So I just looked up synonyms for foundation, and I thought Bedrock was fitting. Oh, I thought it had to do with the Flintstones. <laughs> Everybody says that, and that just totally did not occur to me until it was a public project. And everyone's that- yelling at me why the release names aren't Flintstones names. Does that bother you? I, no, I think that's interesting. Uh, I like that people uh, are putting that kind of thought into it as opposed to just disregarding the project. Like that, that means someone thought about it. I like that. Well, it's, it's obvious, but I mean, it's obvious to me, Bedrock, the Flintstones, but I know your, expla- your explanation makes so much more sense, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up watching the Flintstones. It's, it's not as though it, it's a foreign concept to me. I have no idea why that didn't occur to me. Well, I, I noticed that, well, at least for my first taking a look at it, it seems like the release code names are fairly arbitrary. Maybe they're not. I mean, maybe they do mean something to you. But perhaps when you actually get to 2.0, you'll just call it Bam Bam. I think that'll be awesome if you did that. The release <laughs> names all come from the television show uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. I, I really like that show. Oh, I love and that show. I've, yeah, it's a great show. So they're all, these are all, so far, the names of uh, animals from the show. So the current release is Bosco, who was the uh, bear from the Earth Kingdom. Um, Okay, we're, yeah, we're yeah. probably going to stick with that. I like that system. I've had people who say they tried out the project just because they really like the television show. Oh, I, I had no idea. I mean, I if I had probably thought about it, I would have come up to it. Because wasn't one of them like Momo or something? Yes, the second release was Momo, which was a little uh, monkey thing. Right, and that didn't even occur to me until you just said Last Airbender and like, oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> so, oh well. Let's talk about the idea that basically what I see when I see the Bedrock Linux is a bunch of distributions that are bootstrapped into Cheroot environments. And I know this is probably going over a lot of people's heads, but... It's going over (coughs) mine, but I'm learning. Okay, basically what it is is instead of having one distribution on a partition, you have multiple distributions in subdirectories of a partition. Each one is in its own Cheroot. In other words, it is isolated in software or in user land from the other distributions. But Bedrock has the ability to share files outside of the Cheroot to become a sort of unified system so that the main system contains all of the parts of all of the client systems or subsystems to become one Linux system, ultimately, that contains all of the pieces that were installed, you know, piecemeal in each of the parts, which is... An interesting concept, but what I'm kind of curious is why would anyone want to even do that? Why would they want, for example, 
the pigeon built on a fedora system and the ice weasel from a Debian system on one Linux? Why, why would anyone want to do that? I, I can go on a long list of examples, uh, but fundamentally, uh, it originally started because I really like the idea of a stable distro that you can rely on, that all the updates are just security updates that won't change your workflow. But at the same time, I want access to cutting-edge packages as new toy, uh, toys come out. That was my original incentive. So Debian uh, is just what I'm really fond of. The stable version is, is very much stable, and the unstable version will completely crash and burn on you. Um, but it, it has a bunch of goodies. So I wanted uh, initially to destroy that that let me get the best of both worlds. If, if one of the goodies from Debian said broke, I could just get it from the stable release and keep going. Um, Later on, I started realizing that the system is a bit more flexible that I created and can give me lots of other benefits. So, for example, uh, Gen 2 is really cool. Uh, I think what Portage can do is awesome, but I don't have the patience to do that every single time I want a new package. Um, so I can just have some parts just from other distros and some parts I'll get from Gen 2. Um, additionally, like Ubuntu is, is a very popular distribution, and as a result, a lot of software targets it. Things like Valve Steam, when it first was available for Linux, it was only officially supported on one release of one version of Ubuntu. With Bedrock, I can just get uh, immediate support for that. I know if it works on Ubuntu's libraries, it'll work on Ubuntu's libraries as of the Bedrock client. Um, that, that's the main incentive. If you want specific examples, I could go on for quite a while. The thing is, even if you were to create a bedrock, uh, bedrock install where you have a client that's Ubuntu that's running the Steam client because it's officially supported there and all of the packages will build using Ubuntu's libraries and everything, you're still not going to get the benefit of the support of Valve because you're not actually running on Ubuntu. Or do you think you will? No, if I go to Valve with a with a complaint and then they ask me what distro I'm running, I'm I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm not going to get uh, that kind of support. However, if there's a bug, it's most likely due to something that I can I, when it's fixed for someone else, I'll I'll get that benefit because uh, most of the issues are relevant to libraries or support executables or anything along those lines, which I have on my system. So, do you see this as if like you might instead of having say a client that's Fedora, a client that's Ubuntu, and a client that's Debian, maybe instead you would have a client that's Debian testing, a client that's Debian stable, and a client that's Debian unstable, and maybe even one that's Debian experimental, or something along those lines, so you can kind of piece each one together and get the parts out of each one so that one doesn't kill the other one? Or do you think the totally disparate environments would be more likely? Well, let me give an example of something that I did with Bedrock that I don't think you can really do without Bedrock, at least not nearly as cleanly. Um, so there's a, there's a club at the Ohio State University that I attend that does a lot of stuff with free open source software. And in one meeting, we were going over window managers. And it was my responsibility to do compas. And I didn't think anything of it. So uh, right before I was due to go, I installed compas. I, I didn't plan ahead at all. At all. And it didn't work. Uh, I, I found out pretty quickly the reason it didn't work was because uh, I had a new laptop and the XORG user lane drivers uh, for Debian did not support the, the graphics on that laptop. So with Debian, it doesn't work without a lot of backporting, and I didn't have time to do that. Uh, so I went ahead and tried to get it from Arch, since I can do that with Bedrock. And I found that Arch's comp is wasn't working for me. I don't know why. It might be Arch's fault. It could be that there's something on my end that I, I didn't do. I know other people who had native Arch without any bedrock, uh, and it didn't work for them either. 
So if you were running either of those distros, it, it wouldn't work for you. However, due to Bedrock, what I could do is run Arch's Xorg with all the newer stuff that supports these graphics with Debian's Compass, and they played nicely together. They're, they didn't conflict at all, so I could just solve all of that. And then that, that took me, in reality, uh, maybe five minutes just to download the packages. With any other distro, trying to f- fix that on the fly would, would take much longer. I got to say that I, I didn't even get past the install. Now, I, yeah. it's, it's conceivable that I missed a step or I did something wrong. I, I think the issue I really had was in installing uh, EXT Linux using, um, what is it, SysLinux. I think, um, I think I may have screwed up uh, writing the master boot record or something like that. If you if you're more comfortable with Grub, you can use Grub. Uh, I just I use EXE one X, and that's the only one I end up documenting. In theory, that's not really closely tied to anything else on Bedrock. If there's if there's another one you prefer, you can go ahead. Right, but I was trying because I was doing it without the ability to kind of go to external documentation because I haven't actually built Grub by itself just to be the bootloader. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of wanted to follow the instructions that you laid down. And yeah. it, I felt like I had gone through the instructions as they were written and actually copied the mbr.bin, you know, into the MBR and all that stuff. And still, when I tried to boot the machine, I got no operating system. I'm going to try it again, you know, because I am curious mm-hmm. to see how this works. Obviously, the system was sort of put together by you, so you you understand the dynamic of if you want to run Debian's, Debian's version of X on Gentoo's, or Debian's version of some software on Gentoo's version of X, you know how to kind of put those things together. But how would you yes. how would you explain that to someone who doesn't really know what you're talking about? That's that's why I don't think Bedrock will ever be as uh, as user friendly as something like Linux Mint because I can document a lot of this, but at, at some point you really do want to understand how Linux system is put together and how everything interacts to benefit from Bedrock. Uh, I just happen to know that um, a lot of this just works from experience. You just need the right executables running and the right things uh, kind of shared between them. So uh, whatever system they're communicating with is, is available. Um, Mostly, if, if you have an X server, uh, I think you just you need temp shared. I think they communicate through that. There might be something else. I've not played with it in a while. But if you just run start X or, or whatever X init, whatever executable you want to start X11 from one Linux distribution as, as a client of Bedrock, and then you run an executable from another one, as long as you have the display variable set, it, it just works uh, with everything shared. Yeah, you, you have to understand how the system is put together. I, I can't give a, a shorter answer than that. Okay, so the so the real complexity and beauty of the system really comes uh, from the sharing, the ability to have the pieces of one system combined with the pieces of another system. So maybe you can talk about the sharing a little bit because that's sure. when I started reading about the sharing and which directories should be shared between the truths, between the clients, that's when my brain started to fog over and I got lost. So um, maybe hearing it from you will kind of straighten it out a little bit. It, uh, if you get lost in anything I'm about to say, I am planning on hopefully making a video and losing it soon that, that goes over exactly this uh, with some graphics that might make it uh, a bit easier to follow. But fundamentally, when I was developing Bedrock, the, the first problem that I ran into when trying to do this is that any given process might need to see some things the same way that other processes do and some things differently. So I, I started investigating what, what are the options on Linux to do that. Um, and there's a number of things you can do. Namespaces are really interesting. What I ended up falling back on is uh, chroot, as you mentioned, and bind mounts. 
CHROOT will separate anything out from the point of view of uh, whatever process you run in it. Uh, it, it effectively changes the, the root directory. So um, this way, if you have a, a given distro, all the, all the files in one directory, and then you CHROOT one of the executables from it, it sees that directory as the root, and it doesn't try to look outside of that. Bind mounts simply make files available in one place, available somewhere else as well, and they, they, they bypass the system that chroot uses. So if you bind mount slash temp into um, wherever you located uh, the, the files from another distro, the, the slash temp in there, then they will be the same. Any modifications you make to one will make it to the other. It's all done in the kernel, so it's very, very fast. Um, between chroot and bind mounts, you can select exactly what any given process sees. You can make it different from one process's point of view, or you can make it the same as what other processes see. Uh, does that answer the question? It does to a certain extent. So am I to understand that a bind mount is sort of like a symbolic link for a file system? Yes. Um, when you when you mount like a USB drive for a, or any optical disc, like a DVD, you can pick anywhere in the file system for it to go. Um, and that is irrelevant of chroot. Uh, however, with with bind mounts, instead of having uh, something like USB drive or DVD, you just pick a directory or even a folder, and you just make it accessible somewhere else. You make that the, the source. Okay. Once you get this all working to your satisfaction, once you've developed it and it's an installable version of Linux, you know, yeah. with whatever tweaks is, are required to get it to run, what audience do you see it being for? And... Um, you know, what do you see as, like, the, the biggest benefit of using it? I mean, I know it's uh, to sort of aggregate things, but why? what's the best part about that? Originally, I thought, thought the target audience... The target audience originally is me. I wanted it because I, I wanted a stable system that I could also get cutting-edge packages from. Um, so I, I expected a lot of similar people. When I first made it public, however, the vast, vast majority that pop, of the people that popped into the IRC channel to discuss it were all Gen 2 people. Um, apparently, the, the target audience, whether I planned on it or not, are people who really like to customize their system, and they're willing to put the time and effort into figuring out whatever they have to figure out to get that done. Uh, when it becomes a bit more accessible, I, I don't really see that changing um, it's just going to be people who, who want more control uh, and, are, and are willing to put the time to figure out how to get that done. Making it more accessible might widen the audience a bit, but ultimately you, you have to understand how things interact to benefit uh, for, for something that I've not documented. And I don't think I'm ever going to get things like a user-friendly crowd. Uh, whether this works in enterprise environments, like people who need servers that have really good uptime, is one other area for, for people to suggest that I, I didn't expect. Um, because as, as an easy side effect of how Bedrock works, you can get uh, do a disk upgrade while the system is still running, because it's just running in a, in a folder. So you can have uh, something like an Apache server running, have it keep its uptime, it doesn't have to restart until all the other files in the file system are ready, ready for it, and you switch the CHROOT that's running on it, and downtime is a matter of seconds. Um, I don't know if we'll get the reputation of being stable enough to do that for a while, but if we do, that is another area that I think we'll uh, get that. Between those two uh, is where my focus has been. If there's anything else out there that, that wants it, I've just not thought of them yet. Have you considered doing something like this across a uh, distributed file system and making it like a high availability project? Or does that have you not even considered that? I have not even looked into that yet. Um, it'd be neat. I mean, in, in theory, it could work. 
Okay. Well, uh, that was just a thought I was had while you were sort of mm-hmm. describing it, and um, I hadn't actually thought about it until about 30 seconds ago, so I was just curious if it, I was the first one. So, uh, Pete, um, assuming your ha- your brain hasn't exploded all over the desk, um, is there no, anything I'm else interested. you'd like? <laughs> anything you'd like to talk to? Yeah, Daniel my, about? my questions are, are much less technical, but no less interesting. I'm just curious, what does it look like? Does it have a GUI? Is it command line? Is it pretty? So, uh, fundamentally, the the Bedrock operating system itself, without any components from other distros, is overhead. Um, so I'm trying to make it as small as possible. And as a side effect, the, the interface is extremely limited. However, once you, you, you get the components you want from other distros, you can make it look exactly like any other distro. Um, okay, so, so, so you could do... Basically, you just make it what you want. Yes. It, uh, I'm sure someone's going to shoot me down for this. But as far as I know, it is by far the most uh, flexible Linux distribution just because it can do what other, any other one can and, and then some. That sounds perfect. So does it work, it works for you? Right now, is it doing what you want it to do? Like, I know it's still in development, but is it is it working for you? Uh, there's one, the Etsy issue I mentioned earlier, that, that's kind of bothersome. But barring that, yes, it, it is my full-time desktop, and, and I'm running on my laptop, and I have no issues with it, uh, except for the Etsy issue. And what's your, uh, like, the ultimate goal? What's your, not your end game, what's your, your vision for for this project? Like, where do you see it going? Do you have an, an ultimate goal or do you want to see it become something? Or Ultimately, if it gets to the point where I don't have any complaints on it for my own use, I will be more than happy. If it doesn't get any farther than that, that's fine with me. However, um, getting it to be recognized at the, at the same level as some, some other distros would be really nice. So if, if you have a list of distros like Distro Watch and, and having it listed on there, that would be great. Yeah, cool. Well, I, I wish that upon you. I mean, it sounds like you're on the right track and it sounds yeah, like basically you. you're working on a project that you, you you can't go wrong when you're doing it for yourself. If you, uh, of yeah. course, somebody's always going to complain, but you're doing it for yourself. Yes. Somebody else is going to find it interesting too. So uh, I, I think that's great, and uh, I hope that I get to the level uh, where I can try to install this myself. I'm still very much a noob in Linux. I'm an, I'm an old ham, but a noob in Linux, and I'm learning so much. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it's great. So one of these days, I'll give it a shot. I, I hope we can get the installation process uh, easy enough and meet you somewhere in the middle. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> I hope that I hope for that too. But in the meantime, that just means the uh, you know the onus is on me. The learning curve is great, and and I'm up for the challenge. So no worries. Good luck. All right. Well, I think we have all the information we can uh, blow up people's brains with tonight. So um, Daniel, if you want to let everyone know like where your project is at and how they can get in contact with you if they've got questions or concerns or are interested in the project uh go ahead and tell us that now sure yeah if you put bedrock linux into google it'll, or bing if you if you want or anything else it'll probably direct you to the right place uh, bedrocklinux.org is, is the website um i've tried to get some other uh community connection places going but it's mostly uh most of the com- conversations are in irc if you go to Pound Bedrock on Freenode, we're, we're relatively active there. If you try installing it or have any other issues or any questions, that's, that's a great place to ask. If I'm not on, someone else will answer, or if not, I'll get back to you eventually. All right, fantastic. Um, well, i tell you what, Daniel, uh, this, this was all new to me, and I know that you're actually going to wind up on another podcast talking about this as well. So if anybody is interested in further discussion, you can... Uh, check out the interview on the Linux Link Tech Show, which I'm sure will be even more technical than this one. So, because uh, uh, they're actually like you know geeky Linux folks, and 
they like to ask hard questions. I, I tried not to grill you too hard, right? Um, oh, no, this is, this is perfectly fair. All right. Now, I mean, I, I'm sure actually the problem that I'm having with Bedrock is, is me, not you, or, or a function of the code. Um, it was probably just a misstep or, or something on my part, but if there, it had- no, there could be issues with the doc. In fact, if I may add one more thing, my biggest complaint about the Bedrock Linux community is that if there is a problem, they just go and fix it themselves and they don't bug report it. Um, I think the third release had some really horrendous typos in the instructions and then everybody just fixed them and went on and it took forever for someone actually to point out to me that I needed to fix something. Um, so if you have a problem, it might not be your fault. Pop into the IRC and ask. All right, I will do that because I'm definitely going to give this another shot. Now, if it fails the second time, then we're going to have issues. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what, Daniel, thanks very much for your time. Uh, it was you. It was uh, really fun, and uh, good luck with the Bedrock's Lin- uh, Bedrock Linux project. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. All right, guys. Well, uh, that was it for Bedrock Linux for this episode. And uh, guess what? Now it's time for my music. So, Pete. Yabba dabba do. Yeah. <laughs> Yabba dabba do. All right. Good deal. All right. Carry so, on. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let's see. What am I playing? Uh, oh, somebody turned the stuff back on. Everything's got colors. Um, yeah, how did that happen? That just kind of—I don't know. It was probably to the Etherpad, of course, to those who are listening live. All of a sudden, all these colors appeared in the Etherpad, and I had no idea what's going on. I believe our uh, our notes taker. Oh, there you go. It just came back. Yeah, I think it was Harrison screwing around. We'll we'll have to lynch him later. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm close. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll just head down the highway and go beat him up for you. Go rough him up. All right. So anyway, uh, I found this song, which I think is a good compliment to Pete's song from earlier. I found this one on Jamendo. It's by a group called Boxing Fox, which uh, is pretty kind of kind of a cool name, actually. I thought. Uh, anyway, this is a song called "The Sun Is Shining," and it's got a bouncy kind of upbeat feel to it too. So we'll listen to this, and we'll come back on the other side with some feedback for uh, for all you listeners out there.
So what'd you think of that one? I like that. It's a uh, very ska. I, I noticed I did a little bit of research on the band while while it was playing. I noticed that they're from Germany, which uh, you know ties in nicely with the uh, Ray Manzarek story. So we'll we'll dedicate that to uh, Ray Manzarek. Well, we'll just dedicate our you know express wishes for his family and everything to Ray Manzarek, who a uh, true pioneer in uh, rock music. Because I'm sure they're all listening right now. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure his entire extended family is listening to the yeah. show right now. That's well, right. That was cool. That was that was very upbeat. I enjoyed that very much. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good. So tell me about Python for Kids. Well, it's just, um, it, it's what it is, Python for Kids. I found, uh, looking on the Linux, various Linux news websites, you know, to try to sound smart on the Linux in the Hamshack podcast. And I uh, happened to find a WordPress site, which is Python for Kids, which I thought, hey, this is exactly what a guy like me needs. A noob who knows nothing about Linux, who uh, might be interested in uh, programming is less my thing, but I know there's a lot of people out there who are interested. Python is uh, pretty big. Uh, so I thought I'd uh, share the link. Python for Kids. Uh, Python number four kids, all one word, dot wordpress.com it's a bunch of tutorials uh, simple tutorials if you're trying to learn python or if you want your kids to learn python so uh there you go so this isn't like snakes on a plane right it's just python for kids it's not like it's not like snakes on a plane. I, I I was a little disappointed because when I saw tutorials, you know, I'm I'm so YouTubey that I thought, oh, cool, video tutorials. But it's not, you know, which makes sense because it's programming. So a video tutorial probably wouldn't make that much sense either. So uh, there's a lot of examples of code and little things that you could do, small projects to start learning the code. So it's uh, perfect for for somebody who's just uh, starting out. So check it out. All right, so if you want your kids to attend college at the age of nine, show them that website. <laughs> exactly. I don't want my, my kids going to be, my youngest is going to be nine next year, and I can't afford college yet, so I'm, I'm going to hold off. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I have no idea why this topic is in here, but go ahead and let's talk about retirement. Yeah, I, I just, random topic of the week. Uh, it, it's just something that I found interesting. Uh, why should you retire? Well, apparently you shouldn't retire because uh, being retired decreases physical and uh, mental health, apparently, according to a study, uh, because uh, people are less social, uh, they're less active, and the study states that uh, people uh, following uh, retirement uh usually uh, their health deteriorates. So I thought it was just an interesting story. And, and I guess it makes sense because when you're busy, when you're active, um, you know, you, your mind is, is like a muscle. It keeps working. Your muscles keep working. Your social skills keep working. So I'm going to retire. I, I just thought it was an interesting story. Well, I actually contributed to this because <clears throat> my, uh, my dad was here last week uh, visiting from the Northeast uh, actually, oh, let me let me interrupt you. Did you follow his plane? I did. I used fly, <laughs> excellent. I, I used Flight Radar twenty four, and I followed his plane pretty much from Pittsburgh all the way into Kansas City. Ah, very cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun actually, and I and I watched him land in Boston on the way home as well. So, uh, a very very uh, useful application that flightradar24.com. And actually, if you go out there and look, you'll find that there's there's more than that. There's like three or four of them out there that do exactly the same thing. It's kind of neat. 
Oh, cool. I'll check them out. Anyways, carry on. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, that's okay. I just want uh, an interesting side note because you, you happen to bring this up and I happen to have a dad who is in this exact same situation where last year he had a series of what are called TIAs, which some people may know as small strokes. They're actually called transient ischemic attacks. And it basically left him unable to work for a while. So what ultimately happened is he wound up just stopping working altogether. It basically forced him into retirement. And at the time he was 77 years old and had absolutely no desire or intention of retiring, but he wound up doing it anyway. He spent a lot of the time he had here telling me how hard it was to keep active and to keep his brain stimulated and just to do the things he used to do because when he was working and when he was motivated to sort of get out of bed every morning, it was just easier. The mental muscles flexed easier and it really seems to follow this story that you found that once you decide to retire, whether intentionally or unintentionally, it's really true that it's harder to use the brain to stay active both mental, mentally and physically. And I just wanted to cite that as evidence that the story is in fact true. And, you know, maybe it should be something to consider uh, as we age. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're lucky in the fact that we're mostly all techie people. Um, you know, we, we can stay active just by learning, you know, Python or getting more proficient at ham radio, which are, you know, Linux and ham radio are both endless, endless spheres. So we are fortunate in the fact that if, if I retire, I'll be busier than, than hell, you know. I have no worries about that. I, I love my job, however, and I plan on working for a long time. One, one of my bosses, when I worked out west in Alberta, for many years I worked for this place called the BAM Center, which is a really interesting place. If you guys want to Google that, uh, it was an art school. My boss was 77 years old. He'd been an, an army photographer. Sorry, I'm clicking the clicky pen. I'm getting rid of that right now. My boss was a, a military photographer. He'd worked in, in various really eclectic and interesting jobs. He, he just loved what he did. He was 77 and he told me, you know, that I love my job. The day I stop is, is the day I die kind of thing. So um, it, it's just an interesting, it's it just a theme seems to be reoccurring. And, you know, I sort of managed to segue it into ham radio so it fits into the show. But I thought it was worth a mention. It was an interesting study that I came across on uh, Best Health Mag uh, recently on a blog post. So, um, yeah, that's it. Well, all right, there you go. Harrison has been trying to interse- interject himself on the show all evening, uh, and he finally puts... <laughs> oh, God God bless his heart. Yeah, I know. Chocolate shake fairy is needed for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that references Richard getting his chocolate shake a while back. And yes, I did not get a chocolate shake at that time, and I don't expect to ever get a chocolate shake while I'm doing the program. So chocolate shake fairies are not necessary and we'd also like to say or or harrison would like to say that we no longer need a show notes taker because guess who harrison is now our show notes taker so yay yes that's right thank you harrison thank you for doing all the work that none of us want to do no very good i mean he's here all the time he's he's got the interest um i think that's cool i think that's great he's a he's a great guy and uh, he's a good addition to the team that's right. He's like a Mexican from another country. Okay. <laughs> from my country. So it makes me a Mexican too, I guess. Senor. Uh, yes, yes senor. Hasta la vista, baby. Ah, uh, como estas, eh? Yeah, eh? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So anyway, we have one new Twitter follower, Whiskey3 Romeo Kilo November. So I want to welcome him onto our Twitter feed, such as it is. I'm, I'm trying to get more active on tweeting stuff, so hopefully he has something to listen to. I'm actually, I'm going to, I had a Twitter account and I found it quite useless because, you know, people are, my cousins tweeting me at the sushi bar, having a great time. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not at the sushi bar. I'm not having a great time. I don't want to hear about you. I'm just kidding. I love my cousin. But anyways, I found no use for it. So I kind of got rid of my account, but I think I'm going to go back just because of LHS because it might be a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Especially if you do some tweeting on there, that, that would make things a lot more interesting. I could, I could do that. I could be hip. All right. Well, you had the next couple of uh, social media things on there, so I'll let you cover them. Yeah, well, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Doug D and uh, Dieter B, uh, who both gave us a like on our Facebook page. Uh, check us out. and seem to be getting more traffic over there. Linux in the Hamshack uh, podcast. I did it again. Uh, Linux in the Hamshack podcast on uh, Facebook. Check us out. So uh, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. I assume you guys are listening, too. So I thought that was very cool. And uh, we have a new uh, member on the website, uh, High C. Uh, H-Y, and his last initial is C. It's not the orange juice. And his call sign is uh, W-2-H-Y, Whiskey 2 Hotel Yankee. So welcome to a high C uh, on uh, the LHS uh, team. Yes, welcome everybody who is new to the program. Welcome to all of our listeners, past, present, and future. Future, uh, yes. Hello to you guys in the future. Including high C. Yes. That's the beauty of the podcast, though, because we can reach people in the future. That's right. We can also reach people in the past and touch them dangerously. <laughs> leave that one alone. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. See, I'm channeling Richard tonight. See, that, that's what's happening. And how do you know that's Dieter and not Dieter B, somebody who's like on Weight Watchers? I've always heard it pronounced as Dieter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know actually what it is. It's just like Doug could be. No, I, I, never mind. No, I, I assume I should not, but I assume. Okay, I, I put this you next... Have information to the contrary? No, and I don't really want to talk about it anymore. All right. <laughs> Carry on. Okay, I have this email in here, and I can't remember if we did this one already. I don't think we did. I think I had planned to do it, and we wound up not doing it. So it's not familiar to me, so go ahead. Okay, this one is from John, uh, Golf 7 Victor Romeo, India. Uh, and he says, hi, Russ, I'd have copied Pete in, uh, yeah, okay, boy, I'm more and more like Richard every moment. Um, hi, Russ, I'd have copied in Pete and Steve as well, but I can't quickly or easily find their email addresses. I just wanted to thank you very much for interviewing Steve on show 104. I am, as you probably recall, a lapsed amateur, as we might describe a lapsed Catholic, in that I'm still interested in the hobby, but don't take the time to actually crap. Oh, crap. Crack open the box <laughs> and run power through it. However, I listened with great interest to Steve's very clear and simple explanations of the hows, whys, and whats of HF and LF propagation. As you said after the interview, I certainly am quite interested now in maybe trying to acquire an HF set and putting it together somewhere discreet so that the XYL doesn't complain. Yeah, good, 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 good uh, tip, first of all, putting it somewhere discreet, but good. See, we're getting, uh, old converts back. I think that's great. And, and 
episode 104. Check them out, guys, because uh, Steve did a great, great job at explaining a very complex subject in, in a very down-to-earth way. So propagation is, is very complex, can be. He admitted it himself, uh, and he made it really easy and very accessible. So I, I thought that was a great, one of the greatest interviews I've uh, heard on this show so far. And I, I was not part of it, sadly. No, you weren't, and that's too bad because you probably would have asked something that I forgot about. Yeah, um, like, uh, what does it look like? <laughs> <laughs> did Did anyone hear me ask Paradigm that what if he was gay? I, I don't. I think that went went unnoticed. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, it's in there. It's in the audio. It will be in the release version. I should also explain that XYL XYL means uh, wife or girlfriend. It's uh, it stands for ex young lady. To the hams. Which I never got because if it's your ex, she's not hanging around with you, is she? No, it, no, ex young, ex refers to young, not to lady. Oh, I see. Yeah, I never, I never, I never got that. <laughs> I, that's why I always said YL because it didn't make sense to me. No, YL is just just a lady, you know. Yes, yes, but I never said XYL because my young lady is not my ex yet, and hopefully she never will be. Uh, no, technically, in the in the rules of grammar, the the adjective is supposed to reference the thing that is nearest to it. So in this case, we're talking about no no longer young, not no longer lady. <laughs> so, no, no, I understand. <laughs> I understood that part. <laughs> but uh, see, that's what I have a, a problem with, and I'm sure as my young lady would also. She's wouldn't like to be referred as an ex young lady or as my ex young lady my ex young lady or an ex young lady is no better as far as i'm concerned right uh, and, and as far as she's concerned too if you're listening darling all right we spent way too badger long on that so yes. <laughs> and that's the return of the badger that's Woo! exactly right i'm trying to do all the things correctly tonight <laughs> or incorrectly as as is necessary I, I tend to harp on things so feel free to shoot me down <laughs> I'd also be grateful if you could let me know some more details about the band that was played before and after the interview. As you're aware, if it's a band playing Creative Commons, I'd love to get it onto cchits.net. And well, let's just say I really, really hope they're Creative Commons. All the best in 73G7VRI, John the Nice Guy. And we have some bad news for you, John. Um, we, or Pete actually got in touch with Bright September and asked them, is your stuff Creative Commons? And they answered rather cryptically, we're no longer a band. <laughs> yeah, they, they answered, we're no longer a band because I'm moving to Europe. This is a, I was speaking directly to the lead singer, and uh, she obviously has had an opportunity and is uh, heading off on a new adventure. They're very young, of course. They're in their early 20s, so you know, time to discover the world and all that. So uh, I don't know if they've broken up. Does that make them creative comments? Can we just kind of grab and go with it or not? Uh, I would suggest that it does not. However, okay. they... Some, I didn't think so. But yeah, she somehow managed to answer the question by not answering the question in any way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we have really no idea, but we're going to have to assume uh, for the sake of our own biscuits that it is not Creative Commons. Sad. No, I'm, I think not. So I've, I've heard of John the Nice Guy. I actually heard him mentioned probably on Linux Outlaws. I've heard him mentioned a lot. So uh, very good. Thanks, John. I appreciate the email and uh, nice to hear from you. Yeah, thanks, John. We appreciate that. Uh, I do talk to John uh, every once in a while when we're in the chat room listening to uh, the Bugcast. Uh, oh, cool! Every Friday evening. 
Yeah, I started listening to that uh, on your recommendation. Well, not direct recommendation, but I knew that you were listening to it. So I started listening to it too, and it's uh, very interesting. I, I like it a lot. And, and I noticed that they mention you a lot. I've ne- I'm never there live. I listen to the podcast on my three-hour commutes. <laughs> and I noticed that they mention you a lot. So that's very good. Good of you to support them. They seem like a very nice couple. Uh, they are a very nice couple, and I try to insinuate myself in their business as much as possible. So we also had, uh, not direct feedback, but we, there was a comment on kilo eight echo Papa dot us's blog, uh, just before he left for hamvention and in there, in one of his uh, posts, there was this little bit of information. He says last year, there was a guy from Linux in the ham shack. If he's there again, I may give them a donation since they did direct some traffic to my website. And that was totally unsolicited. I listen to their show far too seldom, and it is an interesting show. As it happens, I didn't see KEAP at Hamvention. I'm sure he was there, but to my recollection, he did not come by the booth, nor give us a donation, which is okay on both counts. But regardless of that, I would like to give KEAP some more plugging. So if you're interested in uh, an interesting ham radio blog, he does a lot of stuff with electronics and computer work, uh, especially with embedded systems like Raspberry Pis and stuff. We have mentioned him on the show before, but if you want to put him into your you know reader application or however you get news about ham radio and things on a daily basis, you might want to put him in your RSS feed reader or whatnot. Kilo eight Echo Papa at k e eight p dot u s uh, Maybe he was a uh, a secret donor. He could very well have been. You never can tell. But anyway, nope, check out unless his site. they write their names on the bill. You can't. That's right. And if you check out his site, let him know that you heard it here because uh, he seems to be aware that uh, we've driven traffic his way, even if he doesn't listen to the show very regularly. But go there and tell him Linux in the Ham Shack sent you. But occasional listeners are great. I mean, not everybody can listen to podcasts. You know, not everybody's got a, a commute or, or whatever, you know. Not everybody. I know people who do it while they're mowing the lawn. Do it. They do it while they're mowing the lawn. They listen to podcasts while they're mowing the lawn, while they're commuting. But not everybody has that luxury. So people have to pick and choose. Over time, you know, in the beginning, I'd have one or two podcasts. I mentioned Solder Smoke and a few that I'd had way in the beginning. Now I have too many, even though I commute a whole lot. I have way too many podcasts to listen to. So sometimes you have to pick and choose. So we're, we're happy that you listen occasionally. Absolutely. Yeah. Occasionally is better than not at all. Yep. Harrison is tearing up the ether pad over here trying to talk to us <laughs> and we're completely ignoring him. So why don't you move on to the next bit of feedback for us? All right. Uh, let's see. Where are we? I have to uh, come down. Um, what? Not come down. I just have to move the ether pad down. <laughs> Boy, you're the king <laughs> of like malapropisms. I think you're going to be the next. Um, you're you're going to yeah. be on. Uh, Sound bites galore tonight. Yeah, exactly. Web comment from uh, Josh, KK4LGZ, says, I've been listening for a few months. This episode was highly informative. Uh, it's really solidified my beginner's understanding of HF propagation. Uh, of course, referring to episode 104 in our uh, interview with Steve. Uh, and he says, thanks for a great show. And thanks, uh, Steve, for all the great info. And I uh, reiterate the, that sentiment. I, I, I also think that was one of our all-time uh, greater shows. So uh, it's, it's nice that we're getting so much feedback. That's uh, very cool. We, we have a lot of feedback tonight. 
We do, and I'm hoping that next time we'll have even more. So uh, thanks, Josh. Um, I believe you're a first-time commenter. Uh, I wish we had some sort of, you know, <laughs> horn or triangle or something to beat on, you know, like they do on those stupid morning shows. But Ah, excellent. <laughs> can you do that again so I can get it as a soundbite and not talk over it? <laughs> a little off on the <laughs> no that's perfect that's that's gonna be it first time commenters that's what you can expect from now on okay well this is something i wanted to do earlier but i didn't get a chance to and i actually downloaded a specific thing onto my soundboard just for this and i forgot about it when we were talking about it earlier so i'm going to do it now so here it is we got a comment on the website from KF5SLN. Yes, that's Adam Curry, the Podfather. Woohoo! Adam Curry says, Great show. Now, isn't that cool? He says, Great show. That's how he Absolutely. starts out of the box. I find that putting a small flash bass player or a download link to the current episode in the show notes greatly increases listenership. 73KF5SLN. And you get, guess what? When the Podfather gives you advice, you take that advice. So there will shortly be notes or there will shortly be links to the episodes and a player in the show notes and notes but and, uh, yes i i did that with the uh wave gods podcast and, and indeed a lot of people i don't know i, I don't know if that's why people don't want to download or if it's just easier but you know you want to check out different podcasts uh you can just have a preview you listen so i think that's a great idea thanks a lot i appreciate the comment adam and thanks for listening again that's right adam the podfather <laughs> Excellent. And what a cool name to have, the Podfather. Yeah, I'm not sure who dubbed him that, but it's very cool. Was it you? No, it was not me. Okay. Now, if you look at his Wikipedia page, that's actually how he's referred to, the Podfather. Excellent. But they were saying excellent way too much on this episode. I know. I guess I'm going to have to get some uh, some stuff on my soundboard from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> yeah, you almost did it again. <laughs> yeah, I was about to, and then I remembered the movie and how ridiculous it was. But as a teen, I loved it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and let you do the last bit here because I think we're ready to wrap this baby up. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, we're doing good on time, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, we'd like to say, of course, uh, thanks to uh, all of our uh, donors, uh, monthly donors, yearly donors, uh, uh, occasional donors, uh, people who donate anonymously or not. Uh, thanks for your, uh, for your donations, for your sponsorship, for your listenership. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, of course, uh, and, and that's uh, very, very appreciated. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening live, of course, uh, everybody in the IRC. I love the comments. Uh, often distracts me from uh, the show, but that's okay. I've, actually got three chat windows going right now uh skype uh, uh irc and uh um okay just two anyhow thanks to the listeners uh check us out on lhspodcast.info of course uh you could reach us at uh, you can reach both of us at info at lhspodcast.info leave us a voicemail uh, 1909 lhs show that's 1909 you can subscribe to the podcast on our website uh, join the mailing list uh, 
become a member uh, for only $2 a month or uh, $20 yearly. Uh, we'd love to have you guys. Or just listen to the podcast. Spread the word. Uh, that's, uh, you know, word of mouth is the best advertisement. So thanks for listening. My name's Pete, Victor Echo 2 X-Ray Papalima. I'm in Montreal. And I've been uh, pleased as punch to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, take it away, Russ. All right. This is Russ, K5TUX. And you know me. I'm live from between the peaks in the pine forest of north central Arkansas. Pete's given you all the information already, so all there is to say is that I can be found on most of the social media networks out there, including Twitter and Identica and Google+. You can find me as J.R. Woodman. I'm also K5TUX at 73s.org. Go check out all of our social media sites, including Google+. We have a community over there. We're on Facebook. LHSpodcast.info, as previously mentioned, is the place to go for all the information about the show you can find our irc channel at hash lhs podcast on freenode we're always happy to talk to you thanks to everybody who's a member a donor a listener or just a human being on planet earth we appreciate every single one of you and we'll catch you all next time for episode number 108 talk to you in a couple weeks seven three More fun shooting guns in the house.